Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, David Waters from Gators Breakdown here. Had some technical difficulties at the beginning of this Twitter Spaces, so you are going to join it in progress. Uh, there so uh technology got the best of me this morning but uh getting that twitter spaces out for you anyway so just uh just to get let you guys know you'll be joining it in progress and it's just because like it's not a splash hire but to me it was the best fit at the time it worked it looks good because of what we needed and what we, we were lacking from last year like the organization the recruiting all of that so Sometimes the splash hire isn't what you need at that time, and that is what I'm getting from the Billy hire. I mean, Lincoln would have been nice, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we needed somebody to rebuild the program, and Billy's a great – Billy's been wanted. He's been at the top of the coaching list for a few years. So, I mean, it's just overlooked because of the splash hires, definitely, because of the big-time names. Yeah, I think so too. And like I said, that could be, that could work out better. I mean, I don't really know. You know, maybe reaching too much there. Uh, maybe just trying to look for something there. But it does allow him just to kind of fly in and and just you know not uh, not the spotlight. I mean, I'm sure SEC Network and maybe ESPN somewhat on Sunday would just think about it. But you know, they're more worried about uh, Lincoln Riley and, and and Brian Kelly. So. It's. Um, I just think it's an interesting angle to all this uh, of how it's playing out and the timing of all the other hires and you, know, <laughs> um, you know, Notre Dame with possible college football playoff team uh, if everything works out this way this weekend and could be Brian Kelly making uh, making that uh, college football playoff run. So I think you know, there's so many storylines to those other schools and it really just allows Billy Napier to fly under the radar. Some stuff that is going to be uh, that's going to require some attention, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll see um, uh, where all that goes. Yeah, pretty tough schedule too next year, so well, um, uh, that's a big part of it as well. All right, let me get a couple more people in here. Are you good? You good, Nuke? Oh, um, I was just going to say anything about any more rumors about the staff hires as far as anything we haven't already heard. Um. I mean, not really. I don't know what everybody's heard, for one thing. So, you know, there's not a, not, oh, not a whole lot out there um, as far as con- confirmation for any of the hires or anything like that. I know um, probably looking at the one that kind of snuck out yesterday would be um, – I, mean, I hope I'm saying his name right, Jabbar Jaluk. Uh, I yeah. hope I'm saying that name right. Uh, you know, from, from Louisiana there, has his ties with Louisiana. That seems to be one move uh, that's likely to happen – uh, him coming with Billy to, to to Florida, and you you have to worry about not not worry about you have to wonder about uh, him coming from Louisiana, where all his ties are, and then coming to Florida. You no, know, I've always said recruiters recruit, so that's kind of a small small part of that. Not really too too much of uh, a concern there, uh, but you worry if he keeps those roots there and can have some kind of pipeline. But also, you know, transfer that 
to the state of Florida and, and recruiting there, but it seems to be a good on-field coach as well. Uh, so we don't, I mean, we know Florida needs both, but you know, I know the big one everybody's wondering about uh, Doug Belk, maybe the defensive coordinator. Houston plays this weekend too uh, against um, against Cincinnati. Uh, and I believe I was talking about this on the Gators Breakdown Plus Q and A as well. That that game is at the same time as um, Louisiana and App State and the SEC Championship game. So you know you might have all your monitors there if you really want to check out Doug Belk. You get to see him against Cincinnati, uh, his defense against Cincinnati uh, this weekend. So like I said, I don't I, I don't know if that's where the defensive coordinator hire is going to go. Uh, but if it does, you can keep an eye on Doug Belk and his defense this weekend as well. Uh, Patrick Tony is another name, of course. You heard Josh bring that up uh, from the Rage and Review podcast this week. So another name to look out for. Of course, it's still one big part of this is still does he retain any of the current members of the Florida staff? I really think it might just be Christian Robinson if he does. Uh, I think um, Christian Robinson wants to stay in Gainesville. Recently got married, as everybody knows out there, building a house in Gainesville, I believe. But, you know, that's coaching for you. Um, so I think he'd like to stay in Gainesville as far as that goes. But he's about the only one um, right now that I could see um, maybe being retained uh, from the staff. And Des Kitchens is the other big name uh, out there. Running, uh, running backs coach for the Falcons, I believe, and a lot of uh, Snoop. I gotta mute your mic, man. Whatever you're doing is creating a whole lot of noise, so I gotta I gotta mute it when you're when you're not talking. Um. So yeah, Des Kitchings, you know, and you could he could play he could coach a couple roles there on offense. I believe running backs, wide receivers. You could look at him like that, and of course. Josh from the Raging Review podcast brought up Rob Sales' name as well along the offensive line uh, to maybe watch out, look, look out for. So timing with this could be tricky if you got some NFL guys that are going to be on the staff, like Kitchings and, and, and Sale. Do you bring those guys? Uh, you can't. I don't know if you bring them in right away. That usually doesn't work that way, so you have to bide your time uh, there. But also looking at some of the college guys um, that, that he would bring uh, with him as well that maybe – is taking part in championship games this weekend. So that's about it for staff right now. Not a lot of confirmation either way, but it does seem like, you know, Jaluk um, is a name to watch out for. Tony is a name to watch out for. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully Doug Belk as well. So it's, it is funny. We're coming full circle in the Doug Belk thing because, okay, Todd Grantham gets fired. We're looking for our next defensive coordinator under Dan Mullen. Belk's name comes up. Complete entire coaching staff change is coming up, and we're still looking at Doug Belk. So I think uh, you know, so a lot of what we're looking at is hopefully, you know, the young up and comer. You know, there'll be a lot of youth on the staff if you, if you take Napier into account and uh, Belk as well. Uh, but from what we know, from what we can gather, a huge recruiting prowess there from both of those guys. All right, let's get a couple more in here. Herman. Yeah. Feral Crowns. Hey, Dave. I just wanted to say that I think that Brian Kelly is a great cultural fit in the state of Louisiana <laughs> because he really reminds me of a swamp rat called Nutri. <laughs> I just can't believe that what they've done to themselves, I think they're going to be kicking themselves in 12 to 18 months from now, because this isn't going to be a train wreck for them. Um, I cannot believe that they let Napier get out of their backyard. And I feel like he's going to be the type of guy to remember that for years and years and years. That's the, that's, that's the word that he, uh, I don't know if we would, there's a way to confirm that or not, but basically told LSU, you know, Hey, I'll see you in the fall in the swamp. So it's, um, there's some word about that going on uh, there. But uh, the whole Brian Kelly thing, look, it'll it, be okay as long as he's winning. Uh, but if he's not winning, that thing that thing will turn south quick. Do you think um, Do you think Napier and his staff will, will try to continue to recruit the state of Louisiana as, like, I mean, not a, obviously as hard as they did at, 
at, at ULL, but um, like, is there going to be a renewed commitment to the state of Florida? Or are they going to, you know, just try to recruit the Southeast in general? Uh, no, I think there will be, cause he, you know, he's got some background in, in Florida as well from his time at out and getting, gaining some big time playmakers from the state. So no, I think there will be uh, a definitely renewed sense of recruiting the state of Florida, but then, Using his out-of-state ties as well to you know to to sprinkle in to fill in the gaps uh, and look I mean yeah we you're not going to get your whole 25-man class you know or of course that's just a round number uh, they're they're not all going to be from the state of Florida and they don't need to be you know we've we've gotten our playmakers from out of state we've recruited Georgia well at times we've recruited the East Coast and the Southeast well at times to to get some good players but yeah we we know the the base of your class has to be in the state of Florida but no you go you go pick and choose out there in the state and by all means keep using those Louisiana ties for as long as you can. Um, to get some of the better athletes out of that. I mean, Alabama has to go recruit. Of course, their home state is not the greatest recruiting hotbed, uh, but they go get some great players out of Louisiana. Now can Florida do that with Billy Napier's reputation in that state? All those great players that leave Louisiana and don't go to LSU, can you steal a couple of those from the likes of Alabama and get them on your roster instead? So that will be the benefit there is those maybe two three high-end athletes from Louisiana that don't want to go to LSU. I think Florida's got a lot to sell now with Napier uh, being at the helm. Yeah, one last question. Um, On the last pod, uh, it was mentioned and and kind of breezed over the fact that when he showed up to uh, Louisiana, they were under like NCAA uh, sanctions with uh, reductions in scholarships his first two years. Um, is that really true? Because didn't he recruit the number one recruiting classes in uh, in the comp in his conference, even with like pretty massive scholarship reductions? I think they said like thirty the first year and twenty something the, the next year. Um, yeah, I think he eventually got to the number one class. Was it his was it his first full cycle the the bump class? I, I don't remember the exact numbers there of, of how that turned out. But yeah, I mean they were Hutzpus had put him under NCAA sanctions. And he was still able to build the program out of that uh, there. So, you know, we that, that's a testament to him and his recruiting prowess in the Sun Belt. And hopefully that's what translates here to, to here in Florida. But, yeah, he had to really pick and choose who he was going to bring in the first couple early classes there. And that's what you uh, ended up uh, seeing that him do, that, that he did. And, yeah, we got um, – Definitely need to look at class size and class number and all that stuff and go back and look at look, look at that. But um, yeah, something I haven't, I haven't really had time to go back and look at. But um, saw a couple articles as well that you know mentioned that fact as well that you know when he got there it was under some sanctions, under a tough time to be recruiting there, and he overcome those obstacles anyway. Great stuff. Thank Thanks, you. Morning, morning. Dave. How you doing, man? Cooling, cooling, man. Yeah, man. Um, I'm ready, man. I, you know, every time we we change coaches, since we've been changing coaches lately, <laughs> I I just be just be ready for it to get rolling, man. Yeah. Um, I, with with Napier as I was with Dan and kind of with McElwain, got to give them four. Like I, where we get, we got to give them four. I honestly don't think like we, I don't like I know Gator fans think like I know we the flagship of Florida. But until we get that type of splash, higher coach with that big name, like if we got somebody who was winning national championships or who was doing like big stuff before coming over here, we'll be able to snatch recruits. But I don't think we are where we think that we could just snatch people. Like his, I'm not expecting his first year for him to just be snatching up recruits because I, I coach seven on sevens and we we dealing with a different animal as far as like with recruiting. We just got to get our name back known for us, like, just winning. We got, like, a what, what Bama and Clemson them got is a different advantage than what everybody else got. Like, Bama and Clemson them, and, and now Georgia, they have a – they have a – either you could go – Oh, there you and, go. And, and that's why people over there sitting on the bench. That's why people going over there and sitting on the bench because they using that tactic as well on them. It's like you see the, the the big dogs coming over here. You can go over there and start real quick, but the big dogs over here. And so and that's where we at until, like, 
I think if Napier going there, like for him to get it rolling, um, and I think he could do it if nobody don't trans, no more people transfer. Like, like um, I know we gotta give him time, but he gotta get at least by nine to three. Now he gotta have a nine to three season for that recruiting to pick up, or it's gonna be the same. Cause all these recruits gonna do is what they always do. They're gonna sit back, they're gonna watch, they're gonna have to see how the program going, and as soon as it don't, if it don't go good right that first year. They watching what our fan base is going to say and how we going to be reacting to them. And that's what slow recruits down when they get to see how we moving and stuff like that. And um, that was it. We got to get, because I think um, the state of Florida, just in general, sorry, right, Farrell, you're breaking, you're breaking up, man, but I think I got, I got, I got most of that there. Um, I think, you know, there, there is a reputation there, and I think um, winning on the field, it can go far. I still, I'm still a believer recruits can recruit, uh, but Florida does have to recruit their way out of a, you know, a poor reputation uh, out there in the, in the recruiting world a bit. We all saw the story that came out yesterday, uh, or, you know, the post from Casey that got floated around on Twitter about Dan Mullen and the cell phone and uh, having it in Lee Davis's possession and not so much him and then not being able to FaceTime with recruits when, you know, planned um, from opposing coaches out there to, hey, go ahead and FaceTime now and I bet you won't get Dan. And that's exactly what happened uh, there. But we know the reputation uh, out there is not all that great in in the recruiting world. So there is some repair uh, that needs to be made. But I still am a firm believer if you're you're a recruiter, you can get your way out of it. Results on the field, I still only think take you so far to keep your head above water uh, a bit. Um, winning doesn't necessarily translate a whole lot to me on the recruiting trail as much as losing does. I think losing can really dig you a hole in recruiting. Winning keeps your head above water, but then you still got to go out there and, and sell the vision, sell the hope. And that's what it is right now. You can take advantage early in a career. You can take advantage early in a coaching uh, in, in a coaching cycle because you can still sell the hope. You can still sell the vision. Now, the longer that plays out and it doesn't trend the right way, that's where it can hurt you. But you still get the sale hope. You still get the sale vision early on in a tenure. And I think that's what they'll be able to do. Like a lot, I mean, a lot of new coaches are, are able to do that. So I do think results on the field positively matter somewhat. But you still got to go out there and do your job still. And it's not going to be the ultimate factor to me uh, for whether these recruits are, coming, recruits are coming to Florida or not. Lose and you dig yourself – even further, but not, uh, I do, I do think the rep, the reputation, just pure recruiting relationship building needs to be built at Florida more so than the, than the product on the field right away. Yeah. Cause, um, I'm behind them. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I pretty much, I'm, I'm, I'm the fan that pretty much lasts on <laughs> every coach. Like, Hey, we should, <laughs> we, we should, there's, there's no reason why we should not. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, each coach I always saw like, Something like I'm like, man, if we could just get this, I know it looked bad, but if we could just get this and it'd be better, you know. So like uh in and it you know, when um you know, when Muschamp left, you know, and when he had said it, I had agreed with him, he was just like, Man, the next coach that come, like he got some players and I had agreed with it, you know, the same when McElwain left. I was like, Shit, when we get Dan Mullen, the same thing. He got something to work with on offense, we can see how it's gonna put pan together. And that's how I feel, you know, with this roster. I was one of the people that, you know, um, I, you know, I always just be laughing about how to meet. And maybe because, you know, I, I guess when, you know, you do lose a Kyle Pitts, I guess it does change a little dynamics. But I felt like ain't, ain't that – it wasn't yeah. like a lot of players left the previous season. So, you know, my thing was, you know, I'm like – I remember everything, you know, as far as like what uh, the analysts say during the games and stuff like that. So, you know, my thing is um far as like – this season, I feel like, you know, this is a season, you know, we did bad. We did way worse than what we were supposed to do. But with that, I don't think, you know, a lot of people, oh, man, I think we could go 75. I'm like, no, that's we got a good roster. Because I'm one of the people that, like, I remember when we played Georgia last year and it was like, oh, we closed the gap. We're closing the gap. We're not there yet, but we're closing the gap. And then next year is just so far off. I'm like, I don't believe that. That it just – one year is just so far off that we just don't got no talent. No, it just was a bad year. And um, I feel like going into this next season, like we got the pieces to do something. Like, it's so, uh-oh, dang, I just dropped my money. Hold on real quick. But um, 
Hold on. Hey, I'm, right, I'm going to come back, Dave. Sounds good. All right. All right. Let me get some more in here. Good morning, Dave. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, man, doing great. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, just wanted to say, you know, I heard what he said about um, first year uh, impressions, basically on recruits. I'd like to remind people that Kirby Smart went eight and five. Right. <laughs> it's first right. year at Georgia. Um, Nick Saban went seven. Excuse me. <clears throat> Nick Saban went seven and six his first year. And you're exactly right. If you're a good salesman. You can sell the vision. You can sell what's to come. And Napier has a history of that. Um, we've heard Josh from the the, uh, the Ragin, uh, Cajun podcast thing where he said that, you know, that they're recruiting. And, yes, I know it's, I know it's Louisiana, but the recruiting there has, be, has been better than it's ever been under Napier. Um, when you look at coaches, you look at trends. And what their trends are. His first year at Louisiana, he lost. He's lost twelve games total in his whole career. Seven of those were lost in the first year. Yep. That means that means he's only lost five games in three years. That's impressive. <laughs> That's very impressive for a place like Louisiana. Well, especially going back to where you know where they're coming from and having to build that roster up under sanctions as well. So. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And um, I, listen, I I don't think it's fair to judge this transition. Oh class. no, exactly. No, it's just it's not fair to. I want to caution. I've I've had some Gator fans. I've had some of them hit my DMs, and they're saying, "Oh, well, you know, he better get this." And better. I'm like, "Look, no, he, this is his transition class, but he don't. He's just getting started." I will judge him as a recruiter, which I, I'm pretty sure I know what kind of recruiter he is, but I will judge the class when he has a full year cycle of recruiting. And then we'll get an idea of how good he is at selling at these recruits. And I, I just, his history tells us it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, you see the, you, you're seeing the small foundation built right now this week when he, you know, he's, he's splitting time, but you do see there's some phone calls being made to some recruits and uh, out there, you know, of course, mainly the quarterback commit, Nick Evers out there has already had a conversation and they're supposed to visit next week together. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, it's, you don't want to, nobody, want, you shouldn't judge this transition class too harshly. Uh, no. it, it, it can be, I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment if you if you want to do that. Just because the early signing yeah. period, um, and credit to him for sticking around in Louisiana and seeing his, you know, the, the, the a lot of these players he's coaching Saturday are the guys that have been with him since the beginning of his time at Louisiana, and mm-hmm. um, I, I'm full credit for him for sticking by his guys and sticking with those guys. And well, we'd love to see him in Gainesville already, sure, but you cannot fault him one bit for sticking around and then sticking with his guys for one more game. I agree, and and I think this transition class, to be honest with you, I think I really would like to see them focus on the line of scrimmage. Oh, absolutely. You know, just just go get O-line and D-line, focus on that mostly. Um, you know, maybe get a couple of uh, skill players if you can, but but mostly see, just man, focus what, what, on that. What it, is, what it is for me, man, honestly, to if, if you can even get something, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, create excuses or built-in excuses or anything, and we'll see how it all plays out. But at least right now, get some guys to delay their decisions. If you can get them to, you know, not go in on early signing day because they have interest in Florida and you can sell them for another month and a half until February, then already, you know, that's that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and I think you will see him listen. I think we're going to get some kids that, that we normally would not have gotten under Mullen, to be honest, but I think we're going to, we're going to have more probably misses than we have hits for a transition class. And that's okay. That's okay. That's something that we need to accept. <laughs> we just have no choice, but hey, see, uh-huh. see, see, and that, and that's the thing where like, that's where I'm at. I agree with you. Like we I had to give coaches transition class and, and, but I like, what I, you know, and um, how how history goes and how our fan base is, it's gonna be a group of fan members that's gonna still gonna get him for it. Cause if you think about it, what is Emory? What Emory? What Emory? What class Emory comes? Transition from? class. Yep. Exactly. And he getting faulted for that. And so that's what's like, 
it's because because he, he's starting he's messing every you know help was one of the pieces that killed the bad career so I, I i hope that like far as like with Napier, we do give him that as with McIlwain, we find McIlwain, he still had much help. Yeah. I want to say when Muller got there, he still had much help players. And we still got McIlwain players. Well, and to your so, – And go back, to, go back to Billy's – when he took over Louisiana. Now, that was the first – he came in 2018 just like Dan Mullen did at Florida. That was the first time we had early signing day. Billy Napier decided not to sign anybody in the early signing period at Louisiana. That's right. Because he wanted yep. time to evaluate. Now mm-hmm. he he he'll he'll sign some at Florida for early signing. I mean, there's already commits in place. Of course, him already talking to Evers. You know that lets you know okay, quarterback's ready to go. And there's yeah, I think Florida will sign some at early signing day. But don't be surprised if the you know it's if he doesn't. And he wants to evaluate more players and keep those scholarships open for February. Uh, but I don't know if a lot of people know that. he and then look, Early signing day was also yeah. new. So you can also see why a brand-new head coach would want to take his time. But he came in and said right away, we're not signing anybody for the early signing period. You know what, Dave? That's funny you say that because that was exactly where I was going with what I was about to say is he's he's – don't be shocked if we don't sign a full class because some coaches, and I've seen it happen – some coaches, like I think Saban did this at Alabama his first year. He didn't fill up the first class. He didn't fill up. I mean, it was it, – they wanted – they're methodical in what they do. Well, not only that, and, and uh, it's a huge difference now with the, with, with the transfer portal too. So That's true. That's true. And, and, yeah, that's exactly right. That gives him even more time to evaluate what he needs on his team uh, for later, especially after National Signing Day. So – um, I'm excited about him. I, I think uh, I'm going to go watch him play. I'm going to go watch his team play uh, in Lafayette. It's only two hours from me. So okay. uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Already got uh, Section A field level, so I'm pretty happy with that. So, uh, <laughs> you, hold on. See, I got I to gotta ask. Are you going to be there in orange and blue? Heck, yeah, man. I'll be wearing my gator jacket. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know what? That's that's something funny. I, I didn't think about it until now, though. But I want to watch that game and see if there's some, you know, smattering of orange and blue in the in, in the crowd. I, I'm sure there will be. Oh, it's funny because where where my seats are. I mean, it's it's possible you might see me on TV. I don't know, but uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it. I'm excited about it. I, I've uh, I've already gotten with some other people that I'm going to be meeting up with in Lafayette, and uh, Cajun fans are really excited about Gator fans coming. And uh, I've been encouraged, hey, man, wear your orange and blue. You know, that'd be awesome, you know. Yeah. And, and um, it's been kind of a nice partnership, you know, uh, with the fan bases and everything. And I, I just – I really am excited to see how his team plays. It's going to be a very emotional game. Yeah. Um, not just because it's a championship game, obviously. So um, very excited about it. I, I've, I've not been to a game there before. So it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm taking my little cousin. He, he's a big football fan. He's just now getting into it. He'll be a freshman next year. So he's like, yeah, I want to go. I'm like, all right. So I got, I got that extra ticket. So I'll go. So, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, man. All right, all right man. Listen, go Gators. Uh, and let's, uh, I can't wait for the press conference Sunday. I'll say that. Yeah, that's actually where I was going to go next. Uh, got the email from Florida yesterday. There's still not a set time. Uh, for the for the press conference yet, so uh, we will uh, we had to get our credentials yesterday for that, but uh, still no set time. Uh, I'm gonna hope it's early, um, and just selfishly so he can go hit on hit recruiting as soon as he possibly can. So get that press conference in and out of the way. Start making phone calls. Start getting on the road, and uh, you know the very next weekend, you know I'm sure help also set up that uh, official visit weekend, his first official visit weekend next weekend. So, uh, no set time on the press conference yet uh, for Billy Napier. I'm sure Florida will stream it, and I know SEC Network carried the press conference from Brian Kelly and LSU. Uh, maybe they'll do the same thing on Sunday, but I'm it's according what time. I'm sure. Uh, if they have some basketball games planned for for live events and stuff, but if not, you know, they, they you may be able to find it on SEC Network too. But I know Florida will probably uh, definitely be streaming it uh, on the YouTube out there. So no set time yet. And uh, when it gets announced, uh, of course, you know, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I'll make sure uh, I'll put out there what time the press conference will be on Sunday. All right, let's bring Ryan's been waiting. Levi, I've been waiting. 
Uh, sorry, the audio sounds different, guys. As I said, I was having some issues this morning, so and I don't think I got the first part of this recorded. So if you're listening on the replay, that's why it may sound a bit weird and different. Ryan, Levi, you guys are in here if you want to speak up. How's it going, Dave? Good, man. How about you? Doing good, doing good. Hey, I got a couple of questions. Um, <clears throat> you may or may not have been hearing anything, but any word on if Copeland might be thinking about coming back? Or I know Pierce has the COVID year if he wants it. Do you think he's going to move on or, or possibly come back? And have you heard anything about uh, uh, Emory? And that's really just what I was curious about. And I'll listen and go Gators, man. Thanks for all you do. Uh, Copeland, I, I don't know. I haven't necessarily, I haven't really been told, confirmed anything. Um, latest I heard was expecting him not to come back. Uh, but I don't think it's still been, I don't think it's been confirmed one way or the other. Uh, Emory, I know midway the season toward the later part of the season, not coming back. Then now you got a coaching change. I don't know if that changes anything as far as, uh, whether what he does, whether he comes back or not, whether they sit down with the staff and decide to maybe go through spring practice or maybe a decision is made before then. Um, I think I think Damian Pierce was – I think he'll go, by the way. I don't um, – that's that's just me. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know. That's just me, me just me guessing there. Uh, as much as Billy Napier likes to run the ball, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe he wants to come back one more year. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe uh, – I need to go back and look at um, what Billy Napier does with running backs. And if he lends himself to have a workhorse running back and double-digit carries in the game for a change um, – I wouldn't expect Pierce to come back, but if anybody else out there knows, then maybe you can share uh, with that. I, that's you know something I haven't really concerned myself with. Uh, usually, something like that, if it's just shared my way, uh, um, I haven't really, I haven't asked about that. I guess I should say so. Uh, if, if it's been thrown my way, I'll, I'll share it. But the, the Emory thing is really really interesting to see how this all plays out. What he hears from the new staff, uh, if he even cares to hear from the new staff. Um, what happened in the bowl game? Is he, is he waiting on that to play in the bowl game before he makes the decision uh, to announce if he's leaving or not? So I don't. There's, there's a couple of ways there, but Copeland I wouldn't expect back. The last I heard, uh, and then you know we'll see what happens with some of the other ones. I know the word out there is Brenton Cox uh, is coming back, and that may have some play into Bogle and Summerall uh, putting their names in the transfer portal. And I think we just need to remember too. Just because their names are in the transfer portal does not mean they're going to leave. Uh, now, most players do when they put their name in the portal, but maybe they have meeting with the new staff as well when Billy Napier gets in uh, gets in the building uh, next week, and maybe they you know sell those guys on, hey, don't leave just yet. You know, here's who we're thinking of defensive coordinator, or who, who this is, who our defensive coordinator is going to be. You can meet with him, all that. Maybe they decide to stay. Uh, but just because they're in the portal doesn't necessarily mean, but – it does seem like the fallout of Britton Cox maybe decided to come back is why there is a reason or part of the reason why you see Summerall and Bogle in the portal as well. Yeah, David's right. I, I think I agree with you on, uh, on all accounts. Um, uh, I would not expect to see Damian Pierce return uh, to the Florida Gators. I, I think he's got a bright future in the NFL. Um, you know, the NFL doesn't typically draft highly. I think any running back should know that. Um, he's got a very bright future. I, if I was the coach, I would encourage him. Um, I don't think I would tell him he needs to come back. I would encourage right. him to go ahead and go to the NFL <clears throat> because Florida's got a really deep running back room coming back. You know, we've got Lynn, mm -hmm. Mark Bowman, all these guys coming back. And, you know, Napier's probably going to recruit one or two. So uh, I would encourage Damian Pierce to go. And truth be told, I, I, I think Emory Jones should transfer. Uh, not that, you know, not that I don't want him a Florida Gator. You know, once you're a Gator, I you know, love you, bleed orange and blue. But for the good of Emory Jones's career, he yeah. should probably transfer. And good on the kid. We'll root for him wherever he goes, right? I mean, he's been a good soldier, uh, really persevered this year. I know he made some mistakes and stuff like that on the field. But, man, that's just playing ball. You know, you're going to make mistakes. If you play ball, you're going to make mistakes. <clears throat> Nobody's perfect. But going back to one of your original conversations while I was waiting in the room there, you know, Napier not getting a whole lot of attention as a splash hire, stuff like that. Look. Shaka Smart was a splash hire for the University of Texas basketball team. We'll see how <laughs> yeah, that worked out. Right? I mean, look, 
here's the deal. You've got to do, if you're the athletic director, you're Scott Strickland, you've got to identify the guy that you believe is the best guy for your football program, and you've got to go get him. And if you believe that Billy Napier is the best guy for your football program, then go get him. Listen, Lincoln Riley, it's been widely rumored, he didn't want any part of the SEC. Not to be scared, he's just like, I don't want to be down there. That's fine. Okay, I don't want to play second fiddle to Nick Saban. No big deal. He didn't want there. He wanted to go west. That's fine. And we don't want Brian Kelly. I'm sorry. I, I know that people are like, well, we should have made a run at Brian Kelly. Nope. No, thank you. Mm -mm, no. Uh, Brian Kelly's well regarded as being personality challenged. We'll put it very nicely that way. Uh, we don't want that. We don't need that energy at the University of Florida. Go did, get the young did, guy. Did, did we? Uh, did we just go through that? Yes, we just went through that. It, it's one of the reasons that you know I don't have a national podcast like you do, but I wasn't really a big fan of the Dan Mullen hire, to be honest with you only because of previous personality quirks that had been rumored, you know, coming out of the athletic department. But at the time, you know, Scott Strickland had a, he had a history with Dan Mullen, you know, that's fine. You know, he, he got us the SEC championship game. Good on him. You know, but the, the next coach at the university of Florida is going to be Billy Napier and he's probably going to do a pretty good job. Now, can he win a championship? Remains to be seen, but you know, I think the two guys that are going to be the most interesting watch in the next two to three years are going to be Billy Napier, Marcus Freeman. Those two young men are going to have a big challenge on their hands. And I think both of those guys are going to be just a really interesting watch. Man, and, I'm gonna, and I don't give many shout outs to Notre Dame, but credit to That's them. That's a great They're, move by them. I mean, they just like in a way, Strauss Rick knew who he wanted. He had, had an interview, had a meeting. Okay, that's the guy I want. Uh, credit Notre Dame too for you know they they had more of a background with Freeman of course and having that year uh, as a defensive coordinator so they they knew the relationship there but credit them for making that fast that 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 decision really fast yeah and, uh, and keeping him out of the Southeastern Conference as a defensive coordinator good on yeah him. that that right. works too could you imagine uh, I, Marcus I, Freeman at LSU with those kids that he can recruit at LSU? no thank you hey I mean he made the right decision it was a year ago he had a chance to go to LSU and it looked yes. like close to being done and he decided not to go to LSU uh, and look the reason he didn't was because he told he was told the coaching staff is on on rocky ground on yep. shaky ground and he's like, okay I want to and now granted he probably thought he had a little more stability <laughs> at Notre Dame with Brian Kelly but he didn't but it also but it worked out for him uh, so great decision by him last year as well to to make the decision not to go to LSU and it worked shows out a lot him. of it showed a lot of maturity a lot of intelligence for him to go mm, looking at that situation don't like that I'll go coach for Brian Kelly up there at Notre Dame we'll get some national exposure we'll turn that around maybe I'll get a shot and kudos to Jack Swarbrick for getting that done. Like, I, you know, do we know if that kid, do, do do we know if Marcus Freeman is going to be a great head coach? We don't know, but Mike, I don't know that you could get a better candidate for an up and coming guy and a guy to kind of change perception of Notre Dame football from something that's old and stodgy and you know, era Parsegian and and those guys to new guy, young blood. You know, uh, and I, I just think it's great. And I, I think it's great that they reached out to a young African-American coach. I mean, they've only had one in the history of that program. And I think it's fantastic that they, they reached out and promoted a young African-American coach um, to be, you know, headlining that football program. It's great. I think it's good on all accounts. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, I, I'm not going to pull for Notre Dame a whole lot. I'll pull for him. If they make the playoff, <laughs> I'm pulling for Notre Dame. Right, yeah, there you I, go. I've never pulled for Notre Dame in my life. But if they make the playoff, I'm pulling for Notre Dame. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This, this year would be absolutely great. I mean, it would be fantastic. Just Brian Kelly Brian leaves. Kelly. Absolutely. Yeah, Brian Kelly leaves. You let him go in there. If they match up against Georgia, of course we're pulling for him. <laughs> but, uh, absolutely. 100%. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Some, I'm telling you, it's uh, – it's, College football is crazy right now. I mean, you don't, don't, you don't think it uh, you don't think it can get uh, any crazier than what it gets. And it's not like, over. No, it's not. It's not over. David Cutcliffe left a vacancy at Duke. Talk about a good landing spot for Dan Mullen. Duke University would be perfect for Dan. I said the same thing last week, last couple of weeks, when it sounded like Cutcliffe was going. I was like, hey, recruiting takes care of itself a good bit there because of the academics. Yeah, and it's a developmental program, and they don't care. You go six and six every year, they'll build a statue for you. <laughs> and uh, and a lot of people, I don't know if they saw last night, Bronco Mendenhall's leaving Virginia as well. Yep, another decent landing spot. But you've got to bang your head up against Virginia Tech. And Virginia yeah. has academic standards the same way that Florida does. 
Yeah. The same way that Michigan does. So you talk about academic universities, you're talking about top tens, you're talking about University of California, Berkeley, some of the other California schools, you've got Michigan, um, you know, you're going to have University of Florida, University of Virginia. <clears throat> those schools have those academic restrictions. Florida does too, you know, and um, th- there's going to be a little bit more difficult to recruit to um, for some of these guys. So, uh, but you know, Virginia, I, I just think Duke is a better landing spot for Dan than maybe Virginia is. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's see. Let's see. True Religion and Brandon. What's up, guys? How are you? you... Yo. Yo, hey, Dave, Ray. what's up? Not much. Talking to you guys. How are you doing this morning? I'm pretty good. Pretty good after I got past these okay. technical issues this morning. <laughs> right. Great, great show so far. I've had a lot of lot of great conversations there. Uh, so mine's going to go to, uh, so when they announce Napier, uh, what? who do you think is, when do you think we're going to get an OC and DC? Do you think he'll announce it then or wait or how do you uh, think that's going to I do think if the D.C. is Belk, I, I think we'll find out Sunday. I think they're also waiting for them to play in that conference championship game against uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, look, and that's just me guessing Belk is, is the guy. I have no idea if he is or not. I, I'll, I'll fully admit that uh, right now. I'm not trying to say if he is. I think I think possibly we can find out Sunday uh, with, with that. I think we'll find out some other staff on Sunday. I don't think it would be complete staff. Uh, there, as far as OC goes, I expect I still expect. And I know this is a, a touchy subject for some people as well, but I expect Napier to call his own plays uh, still at, at Florida and not be the full CEO uh, like some people want in the head coach. Uh, but you know, I don't think, uh, from everything I can gather, Napier is still expected to call his own plays. So you think he'll rely heavy on the staff or, or not? As far as like. I- as as him calling the plays, you think so? You said on offense, he he's going to be calling the offensive plays, but defense, he's just going to let it ride, kind of like let the DC handle that. Yeah, that's um, that from what I could gather. If you listen to uh, the the getting to know Billy Napier episode, uh, that seems to be his reputation is you know letting the defense, letting the defensive coordinator be the head coach of the defense. Uh, there now, you, of course, he'll still have some say and still needs to be in the game plans and and all that, and kind of similar to how Dan Mullen did. Uh, and like I have no problem with that just because it didn't work under Dan Marlin doesn't necessarily mean it won't work that way uh you know you, I don't think you have to have the CEO I don't think you can't have a head coach that calls his own plays um I, I think we look at Dan Mullen and then not working like that and wanting to go complete opposite other way uh because of that no I, I don't I don't see it that way these coaches have to be comfortable with what they're doing and then if it doesn't work be willing to adapt and change but I think initially they need to do it their way, and hopefully their way works. Right. And another another staff question I have. I know it's a, it's a t- it's a touchy subject as well. So what is the deal with uh, retaining the coaches there now, like Christian Robinson and you know the strength and conditioning coach? They want him to stay. Uh, Savage. So what, what do you think that'll they'll be retained or let go, or what's what's your thoughts on that? Because you know the players obviously want those guys there. I see the tweets. Yeah, I, I spoke a little bit on it earlier, but I will. I'll, I'll extend the conversation a bit. I do think there are some advantages of of keeping some of the staff there, just because of continuity reasons, and it gives you an in uh, there. It makes the transition a bit easier for some of the players. But I do not think it's an absolute must. If Billy Napier wants to come in and completely change house, by all means, you go do it. Uh, it needs to be his team, his program, built in his image. If it feels like it's better that somebody's on the staff that's been here then okay go do it if not then don't do it um i don't i could care less what the current players think what former players think he needs to be able to do what he wants to do and I, I, that was that that's where i'm at with it i think i think if he wants to go in and clean house let him do yeah. it just let him have at it let it be his team for once you know what i'm saying yeah and look at, i mean i, I and if if somebody does stick around if, if christian robinson's around tim brewster's around whatever i I fully believe it's his decision. I don't think he's been, and honestly, from what we've heard and some of his rightful demands, it'll be his decision, his rightful decision to keep or not keep anybody on staff. So um, Christian Robinson, I think, 
from everything I can gather on my end, probably really is the only likely candidate. Maybe McGee, maybe Brewster. I don't think that happens, though. And C-Rob, from all I can tell, might might be the only one. As far as Savage goes, and I'll throw one more plug for the most recent episode. Uh, Josh said the strength and conditioning coach at Louisiana more than likely would come with Billy Napier. They've been together since their days at Alabama. So there's a relationship. There. Well, I'm not, I'm not really mad about getting a guy from Bama in that tree. That don't sound too bad. To yeah, me. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know enough about it. Like if he, if when they, when they make that decision, when they make that, of course we'll all do our research and go look at who that is uh, and what his relationship was. I mean, cause if it, if it was back at his time at Bama, uh, he, of course, wouldn't have been the main strength and conditioning because I believe that would have been Cochran at the time who was leading the strength and conditioning program at Alabama. So he probably would have been under Cochran uh, in that regard. So he wouldn't have been leading the Alabama strength and conditioning, but probably picked up some things. He's been at Louisiana, a team that has a pretty good, tough reputation of hard-nosed ball there in the Sun Belt. Can that translate to the SEC? Uh, but it is somebody that – you're familiar with and honestly from everything we hear about these strengths and conditioning people are you know they're the they're the head coach of the offseason when the coaching staff can't be around these guys uh so it's gonna have to be somebody napier really trusts and i don't know if he's gonna walk in and and trust nick savage with his team that i don't i don't know his background with with nick savage i mean maybe there's some kind of connection there that we really don't know of but I would tend to believe, and going back to the podcast as well, of bringing a guy he's very familiar with. So what is, uh, speaking of the strength and conditioning, they want to keep Savage because I guess he was trying to help the players eat. What, what is this I'm hearing about the players eating, like, Happy Meals before the games and stuff? Is that true? Like, what is that about? Uh, I've been seeing that yeah. on Twitter, and the players are actually tweeting that. I saw that. I didn't, I didn't get too involved with that. That's, you know, that. It was Diabate that Diabate that said that. I know that I know it got blown up uh, and everything, and then then they came out and said that it really wasn't on Savage. Um, so I I don't know the connection there. I I didn't really. Uh, I'm more interested in the whole football aspect of all this stuff right now, and you know we'll see where this thing goes in the future. Uh, I, I'm not really harping on that too much. And once I heard that it really wasn't Savage, and I was like, okay, well it's I mean. That means it's it, that means it's taken care of if it wasn't savage. So I, I know I know y'all talked about it a little earlier on certain players, but do you think there's going to be some other players they're going to transfer out that we're not thinking about that's not talked about that's kind of flying under the right like these younger guys maybe? Uh, yeah, I I, I really do. And I, I can't give you names, uh, but I will just say they'll go through spring practice and they'll see how they're maybe fitting in, how they're not fitting in, how much playing time they're getting in the spring, how much playing time they're not getting in the spring. And you can best bet some of those guys that are not getting a lot of playing time in the spring, they will probably put their name in the transfer portal. So I think some will wait till spring practice and see where they stand with this new coaching staff. I think it's inevitable too. I think, I think we're going to lose a few more. I, I just, my personal opinion, like you said, once spring practice starts and evaluations start, I think we're going to definitely lose some more to the portal, but same thing. I think we can pick up some really good players in the portal right now. Yeah. You know, and I think, honestly, I, I think again, until recruiting gets better in the trenches, you're going to have to go try and find some guys in the trenches, especially a defensive tackle again. I think um, just, yeah. Well, I mean, who, 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 offensive line too. We, we, we need an offensive line. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. where I was going to go with that next is there's just not a lot of great options for offensive line in the portal. You just don't see great offensive linemen come in in the portal and make a huge difference. Um, and granted, these defensive tackles for Florida didn't make a huge difference this year, but I don't know where Florida's defense would have been without those guys. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is behind Dexter – is there really anybody, anybody in the middle of that defense? I, I mean, there's some names there, but there's not – you can't point to anybody and say, okay, that's the next guy that's really going to go out there and help Dexter. I have no idea who's going to go help Dexter next year. Right. The, I, I'm, I'm really curious because, you know, we haven't had an O-line coach, what, since, what, the week <laughs> nine, something week eight? I wonder who's going to go in and try to take over that. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be a coach out there that can, can come in and really – help that yeah that's what you're hoping whoever this next guy is uh maybe there's a reputation for maybe somewhat respectable offensive lineman out there who says okay you know what i want to go win more and i can go win more at florida 
And maybe that's maybe that's how you get some better offensive linemen in in in, in on, on this roster because they're impressed by the hire that Florida makes. Spe- speaking of uh, offensive linemen, uh, Ethan White, do you think uh, is he still eligible? Is he still have eligibility? Or can he go pro or because I, 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 his stats seem really good this season when he played. Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. He's good. He'll, he'll, he he injured toward the end of this year. Didn't play a whole lot toward the end of the year. Uh, but he, no, he'll be back. He'll be he'll be good. I think I think he's a very solid offensive lineman for us moving forward. I feel. Oh like. yeah, when he wasn't out there, you could definitely tell the physicality of this offensive line fell big time. And Josh Braun just did not look very comfortable on the left side of the line. As comfortable as he did on the right side of the line, uh, at the, toward the beginning part of the. Or, and and to go to that to go to Braun wasn't Braun a four star and uh, White was only a three star correct I know stars don't matter but I'm saying that oh, the, that's the case of stars not mattering to me oh uh, yeah um this is yeah that's like I said I thought Braun played really good on the right side though I think it was just more of a natural sphere uh, so uh, but credit Ethan White too I mean he he he's a staple in that offensive line uh, and I think once they got his weight in check and you know he put his his body in the physical presence that it is in. Uh, he could go out there and play, play after play, be on the field. Uh, he really, really showed up. So I do think, you know, Florida's offensive line will be best when Braun and White are out there and they're playing where they need to play. I agree. I, I, I'm really excited for this hire. And uh, as always, go Gators, and thank you for your time. Go Gators. Hey, Dave, I just wanted to say yeah. something real quick. Um, I just tagged you in and on Twitter and wanted to encourage all the other Gator fans to – Check this out. Uh, there is a coaching seminar that Coach Napier gave, um, I guess it was a year or two ago, and uh, it's very interesting. The first two videos are free, and then the rest is $25. Man, you, you read my mind. I've, uh, I went and paid for that thing the other night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, on, it's on CoachTube or TubeCoach. That's right, CoachTube. Coach yeah. Yep. yeah, CoachTube. I just, yeah. It's worth the watch, man. Like, you really, you really learn what – what kind of coach and what kind of person we're getting to run this program. And uh, it makes me even more excited. So I just want to make other Gator fans uh, want them to, to know about it and check it out for themselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. that too. So uh, I, I still have to watch the whole thing, but I haven't uh, got around to watching the whole thing. Yet. Yeah. You and Will will love it. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks man. All right, man. Oh, I'm going to call it right there on that. I got some, real job work stuff to do uh, on this Friday so I can uh, get everything ready for uh, Sunday and Monday for everything for Gators Breakdown. So got some got some real world real world work to do uh, right now. But everybody apologize for the beginning of this. I was trying to figure out some technical stuff. I don't know how it sounds right now uh, on this, but I know you guys can hear me, but I know it sounds a whole lot different uh, than it normally does here on the, uh, the Twitter spaces. Uh, for Gators Breakdown. So, everybody, thank you so much for hopping in. Exciting time for Gator Nation. We'll get to hear from our brand-new head coach on Sunday in his opening press conference. I plan on being down in Gainesville. Hopefully get to ask a couple questions, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. But exciting time. Everybody's Billy Napier makes his way to Gainesville in just a couple of days. David Waters, you can uh, check me out on Gators Breakdown. We ho- I, I don't know next episode when it will be out, all according to the – time of the press conference on sunday if i can get anything out sunday evening or if i just wait till monday evening kind of like a normal off-season uh, schedule so we'll see where it goes but uh, all timing of course uh, on uh, billy napier's press conference so all right everybody thank you so much for joining this twitter spaces and i'll see you on gauges breakdown this week <laughs>